Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. Uh, Tom, how, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we've got uh, a, a, a news light episode. Uh, I think there's only one thing that we really want to talk about, so we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um you look like you were going to say something there. Yeah, it's just I notice when you open the episode, you keep changing your format and it's throwing me off a bit. So sometimes you int- introduce just me and ask me how you're doing and then introduce yourself. And sometimes you introduce us both mm-hmm. and then ask me how I'm doing. So I'm, it's like a... Like, which Keeping way is you on your go toes, today? you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. Gotta, it's get, fine. Gotta, gotta, gotta make sure you don't fall complacent. So so yeah, how, how have you been? What, what have you, What's your, your week been like? Uh, my week has been uh, work intensive, uh, but outside of, of the workplace, uh, I've had quite a lot of stuff going on sort of from the weekend onwards. Uh, do you want to do news first or do you want to talk about that first? Um, yeah, we should do the news first. I think that's how we normally... Hey, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll do... Just we'll... switching it up left, right and centre today. Yeah, it's chaos. I am chaos. Uh, the only thing that we wanted to, to speak about was uh, last weekend pre-orders went up for uh, the new Kill Team box set. Now, we've already spoke about uh, the contents of the box when that got revealed. That's not really the thing that caught my eye. Uh, and they do make a big deal of this in, in the article that they launch it. Um, so, this week, uh, I'll quote quote from the website. Running out of stock sucks. We know we've let you down in the past, so we're going to do something about it right now. This weekend, Games Workshop is making a promise to everyone who orders Kill Team Octarius during the pre-order weekend. We guarantee you'll get a copy. Um, so and uh, they um, clear up further in the article. There is some nuance here. We'll be shipping them out first come, first served. If you get in late, it might take longer to get them to you. Potentially several months longer, but you will get your copy. So, I mean, what do, what do we think on this? I mean, it's nice that they're acknowledging that they've uh, screwed up historically. That's uh, it's not something you see that often from companies. Mm. Uh, so it's certainly good that they're they're recognizing their their failings in uh, in previous launches. I think. It's good, right? It's it's mm-hmm. really good that they're they're doing this sort of guarantee for people. It's dangerous uh, if you don't deliver on it, um, mm. to say the least. But I, I I would imagine they would have only put it out if they knew they could deliver on it. So that's something. I think I think it's good overall. I think the the risk you run with it, and what I'm not getting kill team, so I'm not too bothered about yeah. this. But I think the risk you run with it is it's very vague there on what it means by first come first served and you know you, you may find it getting delayed a few months like what does that mean if you 
don't order by midday, you're looking at a few months, or if you don't order by close of play on the beginning of the, you know, the release cycle, or, you know, like, that's, I would be really uncomfortable ordering something and not knowing when I was going to get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually reading the article to see if they, they provide further info on that, and they don't, so I have no idea. I'm assuming they at least let you know when you're likely to get it. I don't know. Presumably. Like, yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a gamble, though, isn't it? You know, like, come and buy this thing, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, who knows when. Um, might, might be in a fortnight, might be in six months. Yeah, that... Yeah, I, I would be pretty peeved if I'd pre-ordered something and it didn't show up for, like, months and months and months. Unless it takes it, away like, the, the value of a pre-order, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, at least, though, they are, they're like you said, they're acknowledging that there's been a bit of an issue and they are do, trying to do something to curb the the scalpers. Hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a positive at least. Uh, I think, sorry to interrupt you there. No, no. I I think if if I were doing it, and I don't know how viable this is. I like what they're doing, but I would have done it. And I, there must be a way to do this where you set it up so that when you go to order, it tells you like you are you are in the initial pre-order batch, or you are in batch, you know, two months from now, mm-hmm. batch three months from now, because they must know like. They must at least have a vague idea of how many copies they're going to have available out the gate, mm-hmm. and then how quickly they're going to be able to turn out further copies. And you know, even if they could go right, we don't know how popular this is going to be. We've got oh, twenty thousand ready to ship. Yeah. Uh, and we've we could make another ten thousand each month. And I don't know how shipping numbers work. So this is just me making random numbers up. And you go, okay, there's our first twenty thousand through the door. Mm-hmm. They've all gone on day one, right? Anyone who orders now, you get the next batch, and it tells you when you're going to order it. If you order, unfortunately, we've sold out uh, at the moment. However, you are going in line for mm-hmm. month number one, month number two, blah, blah, blah. That would be better because then you would have that, that certainty to be like, if I order this, I'm accepting that I'm not going to get this for another month. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what I've done previously with some of the the box games that they released when they went out of stock uh, on the website I just went to a third party retailer mm-hmm. and, and ordered it from them or bought it out of this, you know, a brick and mortar store because I was like right okay I know Games Workshop don't have it but presumably they've allocated some to some of these, yes. these third party retailers and a lot of these third party retailers don't sell the GW stuff quickly mm. you know they, they don't have that same turnaround it's also, um, also sold at a cheaper price as well which is a nice bonus I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but it is you true. Were, you were thinking it. <laughs> the thing, right? This is this is an interesting point, actually. Just just to get mm. a little bit off topic, if I can, I will support GW. Okay. I will always put the money straight to them because I I am conscious, having worked in GW, I have a, a rough idea of how their how their financial benefit comes from each element of the mm. the business, be it web store, storefront, uh, third party, etc., etc. So I know that that GW make a loss on third-party sales comparative to selling it directly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right? Because you're profiting someone else. Not that GW can't suffer a loss, especially at the moment. But 
I want to support a company that makes a product I like. Yeah. I appreciate that I might have to pay an extra couple of quid, five quid, ten quid, depending on, on the price of the product. So I, I'll go to the, the store. Not to mention I still have friends that work in a number of different stores. So you want to support your buddy as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to them and I'll, I'll purchase it direct from them. That being said, if I'm put in a position where I can't get that product, I'm logically going to go... When my choice is go to a third party and get it cheaper or go on eBay and get my arse ripped out by some scalper, it is a, a very different kettle of yes. fish, right? To mix several metaphors. <laughs> like, the, the, yeah, the, there are asses and fish there. I'm not, like, I think I'm following you, though. Paint an image. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, delightful. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'm not terribly conscious on where I buy my GW stuff from, just as long as I can get it. Um, I'm actually... I've probably fallen behind in the 40k co- uh, codices again because um, Tom's shaking his head. He's disappointed at me. I'm always disappointing him. It's... Um, yeah... So um, I take it you haven't pre-ordered. Is it Grey Knights and Thousand Sons? Yeah, yeah, the, the Psychic Boys. Uh, have you pre-ordered that or not? No, I have not. Um, that I don't know when that comes out, but uh, that's on the horizon. Um, and we've got Space Orcs. I need to get the the new Orc Codex as well. I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong about this because I'm using my memory, which isn't always the best. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure you said on this show that you were going to get every single codex for this edition. I will. And I didn't put a deadline on that, did I? You didn't put a deadline on it. No, you didn't. Yeah, my lawyers lawyers looked over it, and they were like, yeah, don't don't put a time frame on, because uh, you know what Tom's like. (laughs) (laughs) Every everything you write up with your solicitors has a Tom clause in it. Yes, like, it please recall, Mister Mannering is watching. Yeah, I mean we can move on to like real life stuff now because uh, speaking of solicitors, uh, my 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 flat in Glasgow sold last Friday. Still haven't received the money for it, but it's I'm told it sold last Friday. In fact, uh, just before as we were hitting record, I've got a voicemail from my solicitors. Bear in mind. We're recording at like half past seven in the evening, so they are they are working late. So I'll find out what they were calling for. Uh, maybe homeworking? Do you think? Is it uh, someone's got a bit of flexible hours on the go? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, to be fair, the solicitors so they they work very very long hours anyway. So um, I'll find out what their chat is. And although all I can say the money's not in my bank account yet. <laughs> Hey ho! But um, uh, my my big real life chat is that house hunting starts tomorrow, so I have five viewings booked for the weekend. Five viewings? Oh, for the weekend? Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant for tomorrow. I was like, what the hell? Four of them are on Saturday. To be fair, it's only one tomorrow. Jeez, yeah. Oh, that is a, that is a lot. I've I've had a couple of flat viewings so far, and I cannot do more than like two in a day like i i find them so mentally draining like more so than pretty much anything i do right i find flat viewing mentally draining because you're future planning right like mm-hmm. you're 
this is you making decisions that are going to impact the next year to five to and i mean for you especially you know like decades literally because yeah, i'm buying this so yeah you know like it, your, your future planning so far ahead um that i find it quite i don't want to say stressful but i find it quite you know draining and i'm very conscious of it when i'm doing it so like i'll go to one i mean like that by way of example that terrible one i mentioned a few episodes ago you know and and i come out of it and i'm like i'm done yeah i'm going to bed you know it's it's knackering and that was that i was in there for like three minutes (laughs) i was i was talking to ben earlier this evening right and uh we were talking about uh viewing i'm curious if you get this as well see when you're viewing property you just get a gut feel, like, yep, this is the one. See, the, the, my flat in Glasgow felt that almost as soon as I walked through the door. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping one of these five I get a, a, a similar feeling and that I can actually buy it. So <laughs> so when I when I moved into this flat that I'm in mm. at the moment, I, I basically went out for, for flat viewings. I came, I went to view one, Mm-hmm. in Hamilton and it was terrible absolutely terrible like how and bad? then like bad bad like really bad like mm-hmm. just a dive okay um one of those ones where they're very selective with the pictures and I kind of knew that when I, I saw it and I was like this is a risky one Tom this is a bit of a, a dicey one to view but I thought I'll do it you know mm-hmm. just on the off chance that it is better than it perhaps could be um so that was the first one i went to view this flat was the second one i came to see mm-hmm. and i walked in and like i pretty much the second i got into the hallway i was like this is the one this is yep this is it you know i didn't even have to go around like looking at it all i did you know i didn't just walk in mm-hmm. and go i'll take it uh but you know i, I went in and I had a look around and I, I phoned a friend of mine and i was like yeah i'm i'm gonna take this one like definitely i just knew and mm-hmm. you know for the most part i've, I've loved this flat yeah. um it's been a it's been a cracking flat. So I hundred percent agree with you. You just you just know, you know, you just feel it. Mm-hmm. Since in your gut. So yeah, I'll I'll keep you listeners posted on the the status of my of of my um, house buying. Sorry. I think we should do a spin off podcast about do- like properties. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd be up for that. I mean, I I, I have no, I, them so I, much recently. I have so. no I have no like expert insight into it, so I don't think it'll be useful for anyone. But you know, I can we can do the Josh talks rubbish about prop the property market podcast. Sure, I think w- so. What are we calling it? I have no idea. Yeah, we'll 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 spitball that later. Um, anyway. Yeah, you you you've been up to actual gaming to bring it back in, you know, on brand for a, a gaming in. gaming. Po- We've been talking about gaming stuff previously. Don't give me that, like. Yeah, so I've I've had a, a busy uh, a busy week uh, gaming wise. So mm. uh, at the weekend, I had a friend of mine come up to to visit me for a few days. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this on the last podcast. Uh, you mentioned that you were planning for it, yeah. Yes, so it went ahead uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> successfully. Good. In spite of the weather, might I add, because the weather this weekend was mental. Um, mm. Like, 
four days of, of I don't know what it was like at your bit, but here it was four days of back to back thunderstorms. Nice. Like it was like on the first day I was like, ah, oh, thunder, that's new. On the second day I was like, really, thunder again? Okay. On the third day I was like, right, okay, this is this is getting a bit ridiculous now. And by the fourth day, you know, I was just like, whatever. You were out there building an ark, gathering yeah. animals two by two. It's like, here cometh the end times. Let's yeah. uh, bring it on. Um, <laughs> no, so so we we had a, we had a gaming session mm. uh, on s- Saturday or Sunday. I forget now. Um, and we played uh, Age of Sigma. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we basically um, played dispossessed uh mm-hmm. my dispossessed uh versus uh his sylvaneth now i went into this and i was like i'm not winning this i okay i'm conscious i'm playing an old list mm-hmm. i'm playing a list that is not really legal anymore um and has not been you know rebalanced for the the new edition of of third edition age mm-hmm. of sigmar so this is just a bit of fun you know the uh, the person I was playing against, uh, my buddy Will. I was like, I know he is, he's a good guy to play against. You know, he's got a a similar sort of uh, play style to me, at least when he plays me. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be a good bit of fun. I don't mind if I lose. And and true to form, so we 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 took to the field, uh, as it were. The tabletop. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And the first couple of turns went really poorly for me, like really poorly. Uh, he uh, had his one of his monsters, so he was running Sylvaneth, he was running uh, a lot of big things. Uh, we were playing about uh, 1500 points uh, and he was running sort of a, a tree lord, named character I can't remember off the top of my head. Right. Uh, he was running another large named character, a woman who's like, she's got like a beehive inside her, she's weird. Um, oh, I know, the, yeah, I, I, I know the, the model at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he had a Piper dude, uh, and then he had loads of like uh, branch rates that he summoned up, mm-hmm. and loads of other stuff. Uh, I'm terrible with the names of things, so I apologize in advance. But if you know Sylvaneth, I'm sure you can imagine what these things were. Uh, yeah. Lots of tree stuff, though, right? That's yes. that's the the main takeaway here. And this woman, this this beehive woman, is just eviscerating me. Like mm-hmm. she is ridiculous. So. As as I, I think I've alluded to historically, I am not the best loser at a game, right? And I get annoyed when stuff is like what I consider to be OP. And uh, he comes in with this and he's like, right, on this turn, uh, I can choose to either have her make 20 shooting attacks or 20 additional attacks in melee. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? 20 sh- One character gets 20 shooting attacks. All right, fair enough. I'm sure they're they're lousy. Like I bet she's a terrible shot, and it's like you know they're beastings, so it's like minimal damage. You know she she probably needs like fives to hit and sixes to wound. No, 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 no. She needs like fours to hit and threes to wound, or vice versa. There was definitely a four, and there was definitely a, f- a three. And I'm like, what? So. Like, he immediately just barrages my massive unit. So I had a big unit of dwarves with axes, mm-hmm. which is kind of my core, like, bulk, just massacres them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, brutalizes. And I'm like, okay. And then she charges in, finishes off that unit, 
because she still gets even if she takes the 20 shots she still gets 10 extra physical attacks and i'm like <laughs> i don't have 10 attacks left like in I'm, my actual unit i'm laughing because i, I know the outcome of the game yeah, i'm just right. still like <laughs> okay finishes that unit off moves on to, to my general who is backing them up so my dwarven lord he's got his heavy armor he's got all his weapons he's he's good to go dead he's dead and i'm like right that's that's turn two and mm-hmm. i've lost my general and my main unit i've got a few handgunners left i've got a unit of uh shield dwarves mm-hmm. and gotrek and that's where things sort of shifted yeah because at that point gotrek slams in on the side of his army and is and i'm not joking when i say this is a one-man army like he carried the game for yeah, he's he's nuts. slowly but surely he worked his way through his entire army mm-hmm. and dominated the point on his own so we were playing objective control and we're playing an interesting uh mission called i think it's called the vice mm-hmm. uh and what it is is you have you each have four objectives on your back corner of the table mm-hmm. uh, that you have to control. Then they move into the the center of the, the squares of the table, so they kind of mm-hmm. m- move in towards the center, and then they all become one objective in the middle of the table. So your army's kind of forced to start on the edges yeah, and, and, then and move slowly in, go in and, yeah. and follow, and then you have this kind of um, just chaos in mm-hmm. the middle. Um, and that's where it just... Because he had to move to the middle as well to follow the objectives, mm-hmm. and I'd Gotrek just go in hell for leather in the middle, it just completely saved the game. And, like, I won. And I don't... I, I honestly, like, do not know beyond that how I managed it. Like, I got I got quite lucky in the objectives I chose each turn, mm-hmm. like the strategies in that I was able to kind of meet them, whereas Will was a bit less fortunate. He, he sort of fluffed his first turn one just by dwarven stubbornness that he didn't quite get what he wanted Mm -hmm. um i will say i did win but it was close i think i had something like 19 victory points to like will's 16 so it wasn't like you know leaps and bounds ahead it's still considered a major victory because i i I won on victory points and i achieved my major objective Mm -hmm. um which is one of the weird things about Age of Sigma that you have like minor objectives through the game, you have the core mission objective that gets you victory points. Yeah. And then you have your major objective as well, your main strategy. Um which for me was keep my keep my rune lord alive. And he was one of I had two models left on the table. It was Gotrek and my Rune Lord. Because mm-hmm. my Rune Lord just hid behind Gotrek. If anyone came over, he was like, Nope. Not for me. I'm just gonna stand about six inches away and heal Gotrek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that's that's all that happened, you know. I just uh, just carried it. So uh, I won, and I don't know how. Uh, and after being salty for two turns as well, uh, and I felt for Will. I really did. Like the the poor guy put up a hell of a fight and and had every right to win that game. Mm. Every right. It was just Gortrick is a is a monster, an absolute monster. Yep, yep, can confirm. Uh, but did you have fun? I did. No, we did. We both had a had a great time. Um, mm-hmm. I do have pictures uh, that I will put up uh, after this uh, episode. Um, 
as well has aired. So if you do want to see the, the pictures of the battle, uh, Will has a fantastically painted uh, Sylvan F Force. He does, yeah. On, uh, I think it's featured on Warhammer Community and it's it's been on a few other websites as well. A lot of cherry blossom, which is yeah, like really nicely done as well. And I, I will apologise in advance for the quality of the painting on my dwarves. I, I did paint them like five years ago. The dwarves look, look alright, I thought. They're fine at a distance. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you just want to... No, but that's right. So that's what you... That's what I aim for when I'm yeah. painting myself. Like, so painting my own army, rather than... But you, you got what I mean. Um, I do, yeah. So uh, my Necrons, it's a really quick paint scheme that I, I use. Um and it doesn't stand up to scrutiny up close. But they look fine on the tabletop. In fact, they look kind of impressive with the sheer number of them. So They do. I've seen your Necrons. They look, mm. uh, they look really nice. Um, the other thing I did as well with Will, which I think you'll approve of, uh, is on the last day of his visit, we played some Magic the Gathering. Hurrah! Uh, which was fun, uh, because unlike yourself, uh, Will is not a seasoned Magic player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his decks are fairly basic they're good basic uh yeah but you know there, there's no degree of sort of uh intentional competitiveness so we basically kind of cycled through decks that we had mm-hmm. um for a few games uh so he was playing a lot of stuff from the theros block the original yeah love that uh, so enchantment creatures and gods mm-hmm. and things like that uh and we had some really fun games one that i really enjoyed i don't think will enjoyed at all <laughs> was we were playing uh I, I played my my zombie deck my black zombie deck and it is i it's it's horrendous like for well, me you've anyway. got um the acerac in there now haven't you I do yeah 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 i've i've sort of accumulated any card with the word zombie on it i've put to one side <laughs> and just put into this deck so it's got like endless armies of the dead it's got uh mm-hmm. loads of stuff that just like the way will described it is everything you do and everything i do seems to give you a zombie <laughs> yeah. like that's that's pretty much what the deck's designed to do yeah so that was i really enjoyed playing that deck because i don't get to play it often because i don't really like playing cheesy decks as I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of alluded to before and i think if it went up against any properly you know competitive deck it would get pasted um, but in a casual, fun game, it's quite nasty. Yeah, yeah. If you now that you've been playing Magic um, for, um, you've been back playing Magic rather for a little bit. Is there a particular format that you're wanting to to play more of? Um, I I really just enjoy. I I enjoy all the formats in in the right situation um i've i've enjoyed the couple of commander games i've played Mm. with yourself i wouldn't mind playing commander with a few other people but it needs to be the right kind of people yeah i'm not interested in broken combos and you know game breaking stuff i i I just want to play fun you know yeah like i understand that commander's going to have bigger stuff you're going to have board wipes you know you're going to have the nasty stuff and that's fair enough but yeah i would like to play that with the right sort of folk uh i'm happy playing you know just sort of is it modern where it's just like all the cards from recent uh, from sets? from eighth uh so modern is all the cards from eighth edition onwards with a yeah. very extensive ban list yeah um, so i quite enjoy modern that's, yeah that's kind of a, a nice place for me 
Um, I really enjoyed the funky, like, magic uh, elements of stuff like Plane Chase, Arch Enemy, yeah. things like that. But they, they tend to need a few people who, who want to play those kinds of games because they're a bit mm-hmm. different to your usual sort of run-of-the-mill magic. Plane Chase Commander is uh, wild. I can yeah. confirm that, yeah. I can imagine that being a bit chaotic. Um, so, yeah, just stuff like that. You know, I enjoy mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm just enjoying playing it again. Like, I'm keeping it fairly casual, you know, odd game against friends and playing on Arena when I've, I've got a spare minute, which is limited at the moment. Uh, but I'm enjoying getting back into it. And I think, as, as I said prior to it even coming out, I, I suspected the D&D set would be the one that would hook me back in. And, and sure enough... Exactly, you know, tapped that vein again, and, and here we are. I mean, I have, um, I'm, I've mentioned it a few episodes back, and I am still in the process of sleeving all of my cards with these new sleeves. Are you still doing that? Oh yeah. my god! Well, uh, I am, uh, I'm over a thousand cards sleeved now, um, so we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm onto my multicolor cards now. I at think least. I should. Uh... That should be your epitaph. Over 5,000 cards sleeved. <laughs> it probably will be my epitaph. I've, I've actually gone and treated myself to... Because uh, I'm just using one of the old holiday gift boxes that they used to do. I yeah. think they'd still do them, actually. But they still do. Yeah. That, that is not sufficient for my requirements anymore. So I've, I've treated myself to a... It is a game-genic... A game and it's like, uh, I can't remind what they call it, but it's humongous. It, it fits like over a thousand cards in this beast of a uh, of a deck box. Okay. So uh, that that is en route to me. I suspect, I, well, I will need a second one though, because uh, I think latest count, I'm like on 1,600 cards plus basic lands, so... Are these? Is, is this like a collection, or is this just decks, or like what? This what is, a, is this my, composed of? I've never actually spoken about this on the podcast, actually. So, um, how I do it because the two formats um, that I own cards for that I love playing are Cube, which is this is the one where you basically create a, your own limited environment and draft that, uh, and Commander. So what I do though is rather than having fixed decks built all of the time is i have this big library of cards from which i can build multiple decks out of so and it's not exactly singleton uh for me it there's um i've got like duplicates of certain cards if they've got like but they'll have like different art or that sort of stuff so i can tailor the deck a little bit i actually recently picked up um commander collection green which came out last year and that's like eight cards uh, with alt art for them that are commonly played in green commander decks. So it's stuff like Sylvan Library, which you know I already have, but it's good to have another copy and it's got cool art on it. And uh, it's got a very special looking uh, green soul ring and a green command tower as well, which is which is neat. Okay. Um, in fact, one of the cards you'll approve of is uh, Frailies, which I believe you've got. Uh, you, you, you were saying you had the Frailies commander deck, right? Yeah, I've I've modified it, um, mm. but I do have the the frailties one. I'm I'm in the the process of of making a dedicated uh, elf commander deck. Yeah, at the moment with with her at the the forefront of it, which is going quite well. Uh, nice. To be fair, 
Um, so I'm hoping to have that. I think it's going to be elf wolf to be fair, because there's okay. a lot of elves that have stuff that interacts with wolves for some. Well, not for some reason, because they're naturally things, I guess. Um, <laughs> Just natural things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sort of working on that. Um, I'm trying to think if I've done anything that's not magic related. Uh, games. I've, I've played uh, a couple of games this week. I, I ran. Uh, high-level Mythic Pathfinder Age's End. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was role-play heavy. Um, so this was... Uh, I said, obviously, we're in the, the end game for this mm. at the moment, and uh, this was basically the that sort of moment, you know, where you have in the, the, the films where the, the hero kind of has the last moment with their allies before they mm-hmm. all go into the, into the fray. So this was yeah. their sort of final moment to kind of talk to and it was nice actually because I brought back a lot of NPCs from like the very start of the campaign. Oh, uh, so they went back to like their hometown uh, and they saw what had happened there because of everything that's going on mm-hmm. uh, in the campaign. And like they saw all the chaos that's kind of impacted that and the impact it's had on the people that you know they've known the longest. And they had a, a moment where they got to kind of talk to them. And it was nice. It was actually a really nice, mm. uh, a nice episode. And uh that's that's kind of brought us into the they're sailing onto the island that is uh got all the bad juju going on uh which will be the the capstone of the campaign so it's going to be interesting awesome awesome are you still running your star trek game as well ran that last night yeah there we uh, go how is that going really enough. that's going really well yeah um it's slow because we only run that uh once a month um mm-hmm. so but that's going really well we, we started episode three um last night so i'm running basically uh a, a an adventure sort of a series of modules from the mm-hmm. beginner set because uh, it's a good way to kind of learn the rules with the players because obviously it's a new system to me as well so i'm running a three-part module uh from the beginner box that kind of uh touches on a lot of stuff that appeared in the tv series for next generation uh so it's got nice little callbacks to that uh, but it's really fun. It's it's interesting seeing how like so the adventure says like the players have like these two options, and and my players like we choose option C, and I'm like there is no option no C. there's no 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 <laughs> and they're like no. well that's what we're taking and because I don't like to be the person who goes there yeah, it's not in the book I'm like okay I can I can make this work mm-hmm. uh, so like the the challenge that they were presented with at the start of last night's adventure was there was an, a Klingon escape pod in this asteroid field right and the adventure says they can either pilot their they can either take their ship through the asteroid field their big you know enterprise style ship mm-hmm. through the the asteroid field or they can try and transport the um to track to beam it or they can try mm-hmm. and transport the klingon uh on board and my crew went we're gonna take a shuttle through it and i'm like you're gonna take the shuttle through the asteroid field and I'm like yep and i'm like okay that's fine i guess uh, so they do that, and if you fail the piloting check, you get hit by an asteroid. Now, because you're in your big ship, yeah. if you get hit by an asteroid, the damage is moderate. You know, it's just like it's an inconvenience. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a there's a bit of damage. It's just to be like, oh, you know, bit of bit of wariness. But they're in a shuttle, which has a lot less hit points. <laughs> but I'm like, I mean, it's still the same asteroid, right? So that kind of hits it, and they get the kind of. Psh- you know the consoles are all sparking and that and i'm like oh that could have gone badly nice. uh but they were okay like they got out of it uh i, I said basically you know that the, the shuttle premiums were uh were buggered for the insurance but uh otherwise you know they're they're okay um so yeah they 
they're, they're doing really well though and it's it's going good uh i'm really enjoying running that it's it's really nice just running non pathfinder stuff non D D stuff you know just getting yeah a bit change, of a palette cleanse right yeah yeah i'm really enjoying running like star wars for that i'm really enjoying star trek mm-hmm. i'm still enjoying pathfinder don't get me wrong but as I, i've said to you before I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of stepping away from that and and playing with a bit more varied systems what about yourself yeah. did you get any role playing in this week I did, I did. Uh, I was playing in a new Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaign, which is focused around mass combat. So it was, yeah. it played more like, um, ooh, it played more like an RTS than an RPG, if that makes sense. So there's there's uh, four of us in the party, and we had command of units of uh, soldiers okay. around us. Uh, and, and the scenario was that our kingdom had come under attack from like hobgoblins and we are all playing well, we're playing in an elven kingdom basically so we're all elves apart from Craig's character who's a hobgoblin himself um, but yeah so we before the session started we were given the map we were told the attackers are coming you can see this, these attackers up here and these attackers down there and we were, like devised a battle plan and uh, to try and defend our our castle uh, and to try and rescue as many of the surrounding villages as possible as well. Okay. So it was fun and it was very different from what I've played previously. Like I say, it it think more Command and Conquer than Baldur's Gate. <laughs> so. Yeah. How does that like? How, how does that work mechanically speaking? Then, like, do you roll for units rather than individual? So characters, you control or? yourself. And right. as a as a heroic character, you have quite a big impact on combat. There's a new mechanic that's introduced called frenzy. So if you if you slay one of the enemy with your attack, you make another attack for free, and then you just keep going because these enemies don't have an awful lot of hit points. It's quite it's quite likely that you will you can slay one of them as well. So I managed to uh, my I, I built a fighter. Um, okay. for, for my character I managed to take out like 10 guys in one round of combat but is this like is this basically kind of representing the hero kind of wading into the horde yes. and just like cutting through That's exactly really cool. however you've got a single character sheet for each unit as well and they okay. make like a single attack against an opposing unit and vice versa um, That's really cool and it's the other thing to bear in mind is it's important to keep your character with a unit because if you're out in the open with by yourself and an enemy catches you, then obviously 50 enemy soldiers are just going to surround you and capture you. Sure, so, that makes sense. No, that's we, really cool. Yeah, we managed to hold the invaders off. However, one of our number, Craig, has uh, been captured by them. So... We're gonna see how that pans out, anyway. Um, but yeah, it was like I say, it was fun and it was very different. So that is cool. that a, is that a rule system your GMs made up, or is that something they've pulled from a, a resource? GM? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. I need to. I'll check with Stephen as to whether. I think I've got it in my head. He might have devised it himself, you know, or or at least um tweaked it from something mm. that already exists so i'll i'll check with him what what he did to to come up with that um I'll, i will report back on that there okay. we are watch this space listeners. yeah watch this space 
Uh, other than that, I was continuing my D and D fifth campaign with uh, that's being run by uh, Dave Wright of Tabletop Scotland, uh, which was quote unquote fun. My character, um, I think, what are they call corpse scrubs. My, which I don't know if you're familiar with this monster, Tom. Uh, you, I know you have a fairly encyclopedic knowledge of of D and D and its uh, and its monsters. The, the, this is like a little swarm that that eats into your skin. So uh, my character got infected with that. So that was fun. But oh, uh, it's one of these, right? Okay, I I don't think this is a an official monster. I thought I'd I'd heard that name before, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I don't know if that's actually a, like a an official D and D monster. Um, I a corpse grub is. Uh, actually a monster from the Dark Souls games, I believe. Oh, um, right, okay. There are monsters similar to that. Um, I think there's like the... No, I don't think there is actually. I don't think there's any, any official monsters, so I, th- I suspect your your GM Ooh. might be using... Uh, it could be a homebrew thing. Uh, it could yeah. also be from like a third-party thing. It could be something else that I'm just not aware of. He, he tweeted the person who wrote the adventure module about it. Okay. Because I, I have got a, an apology from them really? <laughs> on behalf of Grassdack. Um, so but, did you die? No, 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 no. Okay. We, uh, we, we, we've got Paladin and the Cleric in our party. They're, between the two of them, they were, uh, they were able to cure me. Although... There was one round of combat where they're on just on your skin rather than buried into it, mm-hmm. and we were deliberating how someone could try and set Grazdak on fire to to deal with them, but uh, we didn't have to resort to that, fortunately. That is not the first time. It's not even the third time I've heard a party suggest setting another party member on fire to resolve something. Yeah. So that is not a unique <laughs> approach, believe it or not. Uh, it seems. In fact, I would say burn it is is a fairly, uh, you know, fairly early entry into the what to do uh, yes. journal for adventurers. Exactly. So that's and that's what I've been up to, and I feel like that is a fitting point of you know burn it. That, that's a good place to leave the episode, isn't it? So. Please don't actually burn it, folks. Don't. No, <laughs> no. Uh, only you can prevent forest fires. Um, we here at the uh, Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast do not endorse no. <laughs> any form of arson or burning. <laughs> right, so guys, as always, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.